This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. Earlier, you heard our David Weston catching up with Dr. Anthony Fauci, talking about him, uh, about Dr. Fauci actually getting uh, the COVID-19 vaccine and talking about that experience and a little bit more about where we are when it comes to the coronavirus. Uh, great to have with us uh, once again, also a really uh, smart voice and one of our go-to voices uh, when it comes to COVID is Bruce Farber. He's Chief of Infectious Diseases at Northwell Health, massive hospital and healthcare system in New York State that has seen uh, so much when it comes to uh, the virus and also was where the first vaccination happened last week. I believe it was the Pfizer vaccine at the Northwell Health System. Dr. Farber joining us on the phone from Manhasset, New York. Dr. Farber, nice to have you back with us. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me a little bit about the vaccine rollout, how it's going at uh, your hospital system. Uh, it's going well. It's going to take a while. It's a massive effort. Um, so far, we have vaccinated a fairly large number of people. I believe it's approaching, I don't know, 2,000 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we're rolling it out to uh, priority groups, nurses on the front line, um, custodians on the front line, um, ER workers, hospitalists, pulmonary critical care people, people working in the COVID units, and um it, it's going well. It's just a time-consuming uh, process, and then eventually we will roll it out to the general community. You say time-consuming. What do you mean? Just you mean in terms of the ad- administration of it and keeping track of it and, and just finding the right people to make sure that the, the priority people are getting it, or, or what? All of those things. <laughs> okay. done by appointment only. People yeah. cannot walk in. There has to be social distancing. The, patients, the, the, the people who are being vaccinated have to be observed for 15 minutes. They have to be observed for 30 minutes if they've had a history of a severe allergic reaction to uh, another product. And um, that all just takes time. Because, yeah. and, the, and as you know, this vaccine is very unforgiving. The, the Moderna vaccine is only good for six hours after it's been thawed. And the Pfizer vaccine for a little bit longer, but has the horrible freeze chain associated with it. So all of these factors make this totally different than, you know, influenza at a... Uh, at a drugstore. Yeah, very different. Um, have you gotten the vaccine? Yes, I have. I got it last week. And what was your experience in getting it? That was one of the things that we were kind of intrigued listening to uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci kind of to talk about the process and how it felt. Well, quite frankly, I was delighted. I couldn't wait to get the vaccine. Mm. I um, uh, can't wait to get the second dose. To me, it's an amazing vaccine. The efficacy is much better than any of us had anticipated. And as you know, living in New York or anywhere in the United States, COVID is all around us. There's no question Mm -hmm. about it. So the vaccine itself uh, was much less painful and my side effects were trivial. They lasted six hours. I took Tylenol. I felt a little, you know, malaise and that's it. Right. And if you take a shingles vaccine or some other vaccines, you can feel that as well, if not worse. Um, What's interesting is though, we were having kind of internal discussions here around our news table in our studio of just this whole idea. This was off air, but just it's kind of staggering how what we've had to endure the last nine, 10 months because of COVID. And yet there are a lot of people and even members of the medical community who are hesitant, especially in the black uh, communities that are hesitant about taking this vaccine. No question about it. I mean, that's a big problem, and we need to communicate very well. As I have said before, there are many loud voices against the vaccine, and there have not been enough voices pro-vaccine. 
Um, but this disease is affecting the African-American community in a disproportionate manner. They have more cases, higher mortality, um, and many more comorbidities that make the prognosis worse. So I think it's essential that we gain their trust, and I think we need to reach out to them, and we are in the process of doing that um, at Northwell, and I think more and more needs to be done. You're absolutely right. Well, what are you doing in terms of, of reaching out? And I'm just curious because there is, as you know, because of – uh, the history that we've seen with the black communities in the past, um, with syphilis in terms of really being treated poorly um, by the medical community. So I'm just curious, how is that outreach going? I was talking with uh, the head of Morehouse Medical College yesterday, and she said, you know, there are studies out there that show that black individuals and black Americans want to be treated by black doctors and that that's where they find it, you know, their comfort level, their efficacy <laughs> in terms of treatment. So I, I'm wondering, how is that outreach going and, and what are you guys doing to, to make sure that everybody who needs to get this vaccine really gets it? Well, it just started and the initiation is with community groups, uh, with leaders in the black community. A lot of them are in churches and other community groups. And the concept is, you know, we're starting there. Um, so it, it's going to take time, but there will be um, an outreach in those communities. We will make it easy for people in those communities to get vaccinated. Uh, they will be physically near them. There's transportation issues. Um, and, and there's a lot of work ahead of us to, to do that. Right, right, exactly, to, to do that outreach. Um, just got about a minute here, and then we'll take a break and come back and talk some more. What are you seeing in terms of uh, COVID cases right now? There's a lot of them, quite frankly. Uh, our census is uh, slightly more than 1,000 at Northwell Health. Wow. Um, that's dramatically higher than it was. It's, you know, close to 10 times as high as it was two months ago. It's not as high as the, whatever, 3,800 number that we hit in March, mm -hmm. but it's very alarming, and quite frankly, it's it's a huge problem again. So, Dr. Farber, um, I was getting ready for our weekend show, kind of planning for it, and it'll go out, um, you know, uh, between the holidays, and one of the things I wrote in the introduction was, you know, we've been all predicting this long, dark winter, and it's really upon us, isn't it, when it comes to the yes. vaccine, and really, rather, when it comes to the virus. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I think we better uh, double down on on the options, the few options that we have until a large segment of the population gets vaccinated, hopefully by the spring. So I think we should be very careful. It's dangerous out there. Well, and when it comes to you said, you know, you're seeing a lot more cases, you said, I think a thousand at Northwell, still below the peaks that we saw uh, in the springtime, but nonetheless, um, a big jump in cases. What kind of cases are you seeing? Is it younger people? Is it more manageable cases? What do we know about kind of what, what kind of COVID cases we're seeing at this point? Yeah, I mean, on a positive note, um, the mortality is much lower than it was in the spring. Um, our length of stay is much lower than it was in the spring, which makes, uh, which makes us have more bed capacity. We have not had to shut down our essential services. Um, people are doing better, and I think a lot has changed since the spring. We're smarter, um, more knowledgeable, have better protocols to take care of these patients. That's not to say that it's a different virus. It is not. Um, and the patient population is slightly younger than it was in the spring, but not dramatically. Okay, that's interesting. But it's still as lethal, correct? Or has the potential to be? Uh, well, it certainly has the potential to be. Our death rates are much lower than they were in the spring. But yes, it certainly can be lethal. In terms of the death rates being lower, is that because, as you said, you know, you guys 
we've talked about this a lot on air with with you and with others you know we didn't have a playbook we didn't have a medical playbook and so everybody was kind of learning as we were going but now we have a little bit of a playbook in terms of how to treat patients how to treat patients differently and look at and look at the cases is that fair is that why maybe it's not so lethal lethal or the mortality rate is much lower yeah there's no question that there was a learning curve not to mention the overwhelming demand and the terrible situation with the need to redeploy so many people. Um, and so keeping it under control, knowing about better management of the, um, of the airway, avoiding the ventilator with high flow oxygen and BiPAP, which we're now doing routinely now, proning, uh, Decadron, remdesivir, uh, anticoagulation, all of those things have significantly improved uh, the way um, people are managed. And it's much more protocol driven than it was before. So your understanding of how maybe the next month or so, maybe a couple of months look for us in terms of cases and dealing with it. And then as your understanding of further rollout and distribution of the vaccine, what are your expectations for maybe what spring and summer or maybe summer is maybe more realistic for us to talk about what it looks like for maybe the New York metro earlier area, maybe for the country overall? Well, I, I, hopeful that by the summer things will be dramatically better. I don't think that we're going to be rid of COVID anytime soon. And I still think people will be, will be wearing masks in the summer. And, you know, I don't know what percent of the population will be vaccinated by then, particularly with many people still afraid of the vaccine. So I think it'll be dramatically better, but I don't think it's going to be gone. And I think, we, you know, we also have to watch these mutant viruses. Um, this is an unpredictable virus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think every time we underestimate it, we get burned. Did the news out of the UK just got about 40 seconds left or the variant? Did that scare you a little bit? Yes, quite frankly, it does. Uh, anytime this virus mutates, it scares me. I think we'll be able to handle this one. And it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be more virulent. It may be more infectious. And you know, but you got to watch these mutants. That vaccine may need to be changed someday, um, hopefully in the distant future, but who knows? Yeah, well, it's just kind of unbelievable, one headline after another. Um, thank you so much. I know your world is busy and crazy, and you've been so kind to always find time for us. So thank you so much. Have a, a safe and uh, healthy uh, holiday season. Uh, Dr. Bruce Farber, he's Chief of Infectious Diseases at Northwell Health. Uh, as I said earlier, a massive hospital and healthcare system in New York State. They have been dealing with this uh, virus and uh, situation from day one here in the New York metro area and kind of continue to do in this next wave. Uh, So Dr. Farber joining us from Manhasset, New York.